This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries, a duct tape and beer production, with additional support from Patagonia, Kuat Racks, and New Belgium Brewing. When he hit the ledge, I was sure he was dead. He was a young college guy, and we had exchanged maybe five sentences as he climbed past. And then from 20 feet above us, I heard his cam pop out of the crack, the taut rope make a sickening twang like a plucked guitar string. And suddenly he was flying down towards us on the belay ledge at the top of the first pitch. He hit sideways, face first, a slapping thud, a sound you're not supposed to hear. Unconscious, one eye open, his body slowly recoiled from the impact, curling against the sandstone. I don't know what anyone said. I just grabbed his harness because it felt like the right thing to do. I grabbed our anchor with my other hand. Blood started to run out of his mouth onto the ledge. Chris grabbed a runner and a locking carabiner to clip him into our anchor. Then he had a seizure, involuntarily groaning and sucking in air for 30 seconds. Is this the last thing people do before they die from head injuries? Is he breathing, his partner yells from the other end of the rope. Yes, he's breathing, he's breathing, I say. Jesus, I'm going to be the last person this kid ever talked to, and I don't even know his name. What's his name? I yelled down to his partner. Peter. Peter, don't move, I say, putting my hand on his back. Peter tries to get up, and I hold him down as gently as possible. Don't move. We're going to get you some help. Help. A dozen thoughts popped up on top of one another. Is anyone a medic? Chris has an expired woofer. How high are we off the ground? 140 feet. Could I carry someone down from the base of the tower? Do they have helicopters in Moab? Yes, they do, because they sent one for Aaron Ralston when he cut his arm off. How long does that take? How do you fix someone this broken? I don't know what I can do for him. Castleton Tower is spooky, steep on all sides. A finger of red sandstone rising 400 feet out of a 1,500-foot talus cone in the desert east of Moab. The easiest route, the Core Ingalls, is a historic sandbag 5'9 put up in 1961 and freed in 1962. Blocky with an off-width crux pitch lined with slick calcite and spots. Chris and I had talked about Castleton for a while, and he'd been there before and gotten snowed off. We knew it would be crowded, with ten cars in the bivvy parking lot the night before. We slept in and let everyone beat us to the base of the tower. Lots of folks got on the core angles, and a couple parties were in the frigid north chimney. I led the first pitch of the core angles, then watched two people climb the second pitch as I belayed Chris. It didn't look straightforward. As Chris started up the second pitch, I'll never forget the series of bizarre events of the next 15 minutes. A body fell out of the sky. It was a base jumper who pulled his chute with a loud crack about a hundred feet above our heads and then floated down to the road below. Then Chris plugged in a few more cams and passed a loose block the size of a VCR precariously wedged in a crack 30 feet above the belay. He didn't touch it. It fell anyway. I hopped to my right as it exploded into a million red pieces somewhere above me. Two blocks landed on our rope. I picked them up, and the rope underneath was cut to the core in two places. I carefully lowered Chris to the ledge and told the party below us they could pass. 
Peter climbed past us, placing two cams above the ledge. The rope was tight when he stopped to hang on the third piece of gear he placed, 20 feet above the ledge, yelling down to his partner Zack to take in the slack, and then a sick twang as the piece pulled out of the crack. He was high enough above his last cam that the rope had no chance of catching him before he hit the ledge. His foot must have caught something and spun him sideways in the air. His body was parallel to the ground when he hit. You think you're desensitized to violence because you've seen a million violent movies and TV shows. And then a young kid smashes himself on a ledge three feet from you, and you realize how scared you can really get. If what I had seen had been on a movie screen, I would have hidden behind my hand. Humans' faces aren't supposed to do that. I don't ever want to see that again. I don't ever want anybody to do that again, even if I'm not there to see it. I called 911. The party above us rappelled down. Micah was a wilderness EMT, and Hillary had a woofer. We rolled him over, got him comfortable, and he asked what happened ten times in the next hour. Minimum broken jaw, cheekbone, and who knows what else, I thought. I couldn't believe none of his teeth were broken or missing. Ambulances started to show up at the trailhead below, and a rescue began to materialize as the sun sank. A helicopter circled the tower several times. We hauled up a litter, a sea collar, a vacuum splint. The sun disappeared. Five hours after he fell, we watched Skylar from Grand County Search and Rescue wrap down with Peter in a litter. Then a helicopter hauled him off to Grand Junction. We walked down the approach trail in the dark. Chris and I drove around Moab the next day, up to Dead Horse Point, worn out. We talked about it every couple hours, searching for the piece of evidence, the thing you want to hear that means that won't ever happen to me, because who knows why. I kept trying to fix it in my head. The thing you can't take a photo of. A busted human being lying at your feet after he fell doing what you do all the time. I wanted to remember it more than any sunset, summit, hand crack, whatever. And I didn't know why. I drank coffee and stared out the windshield, trying to remember every fall I'd ever taken on gear. Maybe less than ten total. Cams, stoppers, big ones, small ones. I'd never decked, never hit anything significant. Never had anything worse than a few scrapes. I called hospitals on Monday. Asked for Peter. Peter Decker. Nope, no one by that name ever checked in. That night, I got an email from Zach. Peter's okay. Needs extensive facial reconstruction surgery. Broken wrist. Eating through a straw right now. Doesn't remember anything from the day except for the base jumper. Then a few hours later, I got an email from Peter and a photo. And I started laughing in a coffee shop, staring at my laptop screen, at this kid and his bruised face that didn't look nearly as bad as I would have imagined. Two and a half weeks after the accident, I met Peter for lunch in Colorado Springs. I returned his cam that someone had retrieved from the route and shipped to me. Peter had three plates in his face, a cast on his broken left wrist, and some bruises. Despite a broken jaw, he was able to eat soft food after two weeks of a liquid diet, and he didn't look that bad. 
I tried to communicate how scary the day on Castleton was, because I could tell he realized it was bad, that he had gotten lucky. Somehow, when I saw him for the first time, I wanted him to be as fucked up and scared as I was about the whole thing. But I know he couldn't, because he didn't see what I saw that day. All he knows is he fell, then everything went black, and then he hurt a lot, and then he got choppered to the hospital. It's different for a 21-year-old kid and a 33-year-old man, I guess. I remembered where I was when I was his age. A drunk, wild, stupid kid who thought he was invincible and ran into cops and fists way too much. And I was glad I didn't discover climbing until I was a little more mature, at 26, sober and humbled. Climbing is an amazing thing, partly because of the possibility of falling. But I try not to. I try really hard not to, all the time. And now it's scary, more than before. Before we left Moab, the last thing Chris said to me was, don't not climb. And I said, I won't. And I can't breathe for the I see and the things... A few weeks later, I got back on a route. An easy 5-9, 4 pitch sport route. I was glad my pal Mason led the first pitch, and I took the easier pitches. I've bouldered and climbed a few pitches of ice. But when I see ledges, I picture Peter slamming into that ledge, what it sounded like, what it felt like, and the feeling I had in my stomach. It sobers me more than it scares me, and I don't ever want it to go away. Because I want to climb. I just don't want to die doing it. My name is Brendan Leonard, and this is my short. You can read more about Brennan's relentless pursuit of the everyman adventure on semirad.com. Music today by Drake, Frederick, and Chris and Thomas. Support of the Diaries comes from New Belgium, who encourages you to follow your folly. They've just added the rampant Imperial IPA to their expanding Explorer series. Find it at newbelgium.com. With aluminum construction and sleek design, Kuat Racks is designing bike racks for you, their fellow riders. And they're supporting the Diaries, too, because they listen. Thanks, Kuat. The Diaries would not be possible without the good people at Patagonia. I'm Fitz Cahal, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Take it up just the way